Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. At ESB Networks, we keep the nation humming by connecting us all to Ireland's power network. To increase the capacity and maintain the safety of the network, we may need to temporarily switch off the electricity in your area for a short period. As always, we will let you know in advance if you're going to be affected. To find out more, visit esbnetworks.ie. Yes, we have got an absolute belter, by the way, uh, Martin Comston. I'm sick of listening to Football's Talk Pish, so we've got the main man on. <laughs> How are you, mate? All right? Oh, I'm delighted, mate. Cheers for having me. I need to say you're only my second favourite actor. Who's your first? Curly Watts. I was thought you were going to say Paul Slane. No, <laughs> he was pinball in 2016. Are you happy to see him doing so? Somebody found him. <laughs> uh, other non-footballers have had on, uh, John Higgins and Jim Legend. White, so you're in great company there. Aye, right? John's a great guy. Um, but you've had him on Toast Ellis, though. I said, no, just because <laughs> at that, um, at these charity games, me and John played one at Selic Park, and usually have a wee soiree the night before, and I was in the best shape, and maybe John's kicking on a bit, so I just stayed close to him for him to get him on, just ran him. Did you make him? I did once, aye. And then, but I think, who was the big goal? Who was the big guy in gold? Um, Barry, Barry John Corp. Oh, Barry John Corp. Aye, aye, you broke my heart, man. I was through. Twice they saved an absolute cracker for me. Uh, but he was a good keeper. He was uh, at like when I was a young boy. Mm. He was, uh, how were your celebrations at the weekend, obviously? Set, like, terrible, you know, I'm still suffering. Yeah, it, um, but it was... I mean, these are brilliant times, man. Um, and, I, and I was right lucky that... This is the first time uh, I hadn't seen all my pals with Greenock all year, so we were lucky enough, and that's one of the things with this job and stuff you get, like, we were lucky enough to get a box, and I uh, just 10 boys for Greenock going mental. Because, I mean, again, I mean, I, I remember all the bad times as a Celtic fan growing up, and, and I think Lenny, when he was saying that the other day, there is... Spoiled's not the wrong word, but there's a generation that have just known success. You know, I mean, I still remember us getting beaten cup finals after Rafe Rovers and that. Mm-hmm. And so to go three on a bounce is immense. And I mean, hopefully we'll go at it again next year, but you might never see it again. Uh, happy Lenny's got the job. I am, I am, because I think people need to remember as well, this isn't his team. It's maybe not his style. Um, it was a sickener to lose Brendan. Um, and I think he was a phenomenal coach. I mean, the improvement he made on players who were already there was unbelievable, but... The one thing you can maybe question him maybe is his recruitment a wee bit at times. Mm. Whereas Lenny's, some of the players he's signed over the years and the teams he's built has been so... I think he needs back, for sure. But I think now that he's got it full-time. And I think as well, I mean, everybody knows it's, it's all about 10 in a row. 
Um, and so I think he knows what it means. We can't have somebody come in. Because if somebody comes in, you've got to give them time to build their team and sort of they might not understand the sort of significance of it because I can't see he's going uh, winning another eight in a row anytime soon after this. So I think we've got to go full tilt at it. Do you still follow it in Vegas? Every aye, Saturday? aye, of course, man. Aye, I've still got my season ticket. Do you, aye, right? aye, aye. There's a group of four years. Uh, well, there's four years more kind of ch- chip in Mary's. I, uh, I've still got my season ticket. I kept it. I was actually one of the uh, trophy day was the second game, game I got to the season. Um, but no, Vegas is class with it because I've got my pa- a couple of pals out there who are um, Celtic fans. So when I was in LA, it was probably merit because the big games, unless it was Europe, it's usually a four o'clock in the morning kickoff. And whereas it used to be, you'd be out all night and staying up for the four o'clock kickoff. Now it's getting to the point I'm setting alarms and stuff. <laughs> um, but the last, uh, the last, uh, the the treble last year, I got started. At, the cup final started at seven in the morning, and uh, I was out with my mate Gianni Capaldi, and then we were out all day, and then we had a, a lot of fundraiser for Big Randy Couture. The big <laughs> UFC boy, I, I fell through the door trying to get in and that. My, my missus has got one of them camera ring things installed. That's been the bane of my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, right, Euro 2020, you've got an ambassadorial role. I have. Um, easy for you to say. I mate, like, I, I'm just chuffed to be involved in it. Um, Hank as well knew with Stevie Clark involved, there's a whole new kind of hope and kind of optimism that we might be there as a team, but one way or another we're going to be involved. I think it's the sixty it's the, it's the anniversary. So what they're doing is there's twelve host cities and Glasgow's been chosen to be one of them. So I think we've got four games. And I was lucky enough to be involved in the Commonwealth Games, which we're here, and the fact is these things don't work without the volunteers. You know, they're sort of lifeblood, they're the thing that keeps the whole thing running. And but what so the volunteer program was open to everybody over 18. But what we're really trying to get is sort of football minded people, you know, people that wash the strips and drive the buses and kind of people that do it every week because you want we've got a chance here to show not just Glasgow but Scotland to a global audience and just show the kind of passion because we're always going places, you know, um, with the Tartan Army, we'll have to be going many places <laughs> the last 20 years, but we've got this great reputation worldwide. So I think it'd be good to show that we can sort of put on a party and keep people coming back but I mean I'm just chuffed that we're going to be involved in any way and, and hopefully uh, the people coming involved are going to have a great time because if anybody volunteering across it they're going to have a great experience Brilliant uh, Obviously you're a top actor now but what was your dream going up was it was it football or? Ah Celtic that's all, all I ever wanted to be I mean I think all we did is what I was lucky enough where, the, where we grew up there was a kind of big field in the middle of all the houses so every day after school, that would be the first thing you do you just drop your bag and go down the field and have a kick of it um, so I that's all I ever wanted to be, I was kind of, with the right, where I grew up actually as well, you, you, you spoke about this quite a lot on this, but like, but street fit, but we had a right good standard, a player, you know, um, uh, right around my area, you know, was we Craig Malloy played with St Martin and his yeah. big brother Tommy went with we United and so growing up we all had, it was a right good standard and our school team, I think seven or eight years were signed pro youth. Um, so I, again, that's all we did all day and then, I mean, there was times as well though, but it was maybe too much because I think you might know it yourself, like, always have got that, always good class, disease, I always have got it, because I was just playing on them gravel pitches, but you'd be training your school team, your club team, and your pro youth team, so you'd, you'd be times you'd be having three games that weekend, but I loved it, I loved it. Mm. Was acting ever a thought back then, though? It wasn't something that I kind of, I always loved films and stuff, but it was never something you take serious, like, for where we were, I mean, did anyway, because my, my teacher always used to get me uh, trying to be like a dame and a uh, like, school part of mine, but I had to get leathered. <laughs> you know I mean, so it's the first thing, what I think was, really changed my mind was um, 
and this was before like um, uh, the Sweet Sixteen that thing came up. My, my father loved. Uh, I wouldn't have known it's Ken Loach, but my father loved Kess. You ever seen Kess? Uh-huh, that the the game and that the teacher running uh-huh. about. So my father just have that on repeat, and then I. Uh, just by mistake, me and my mate went on this double date with a couple of lassies and we, we missed whatever we were going to see and we ended up seeing My Name Is Joe. And it was the first time I'd ever seen people on a big screen who spoke like me. You know what I mean? And I could see, I, I could relate to them people. Yeah. I know these people. And it just changed my whole idea of what cinema could be. And then, like, a year later, um, there was these additions at my school and um, uh, big Gary Hartons, big Jeebsies. Uh, <laughs> what a man. So Gary's da, uh, Joe, was our, our school football coach. And he just came to me and said, there's these open editions um, and they've gave us a description of the boy they're looking for. And he says, and I think you'd be perfect for it. I says, I think you should go and go and have a go at it. Uh, so me and, my, me and my pal went along. but And I didn't know, again, per se, like, who Ken Loach was, but they just says, it's the guy that did My Name Is Joe. And he did Kess. And I went, I, I thought I thought I could do it. Kess is the one that the, the school teacher School teacher put the bit of class, amazing. isn't it? <laughs> did you hear a couple of youth team coaches like that? Aye, well, we all did, man. Because um, we, were, we were talking about, um, when, when they were asking me about doing the, the Euro ambassador thing, they were saying, like, is there any characters for Greenock and stuff? And there was this one, there was, this, there was, a, there was a legend, uh, Reggie Scorer, I don't know, we would just call Skidgen when you didn't go to school, we would just call it. Punkin. Punkin, aye. Mm-hmm. So Reggie was a school truant officer, so if he caught you, but you could play football, you had to sign for his team, and he'd let you off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, who, Celtic fan, did you say, growing up, who was your heroes? Probably in them days, Paul McStay. Um, what a player. Uh, John Collins, obviously. Um, but I mean, I, it was mad, I think Paul especially because he, he could have went on to better things and he was just a Celtic man through and through. So that's how we loved it. Again, I remember he missed that penalty in that Ray Forbes Cup final and it was, it was heartbreaking. Mm. Um, and then, so I think, I mean, that just shows you how far we've came. Like, I, I remember that Cup final that year against Erdry and beating Erdry in a Cup final was the biggest thing that ever happened to us as Celtic fans. Mm. And then, um, so big Pierre and then you had Di Canio with his boots and all that and Cadet and all that stuff. So, I mean, they were class to watch. Um, but I don't think it was until like, and Neil and all that come in that we actually went right. We're a right good team. Is that what you were to a centre midfielder, Paul McStay, John? Well, Collins, I was. Uh-huh. I how long ago was. I was a sweeper. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I was a sweeper. So I think that's. Wait, what? You still you're I, quite small. I I was still tight, but um, a small man syndrome in it. Like you yeah. love to attack. I mean, I'm, I've still never won a heater in my life, but I loved playing out for the back, and I always thought I could read the game well, and that was kind of something. Like sweeper was obviously dying out and. I think it was dying out at the time as I was going through and everybody kept moving me up to play like holding midfielder and I was good at it but I was I was never as good as I was at the back and I think that was kind of something um, and people are getting bigger and, um, and you'd have I mean again it's something that's maybe changed now I'd maybe gotten better just because it's getting more acceptable to play out at the back whereas I used to just get grief for managers and stuff saying you're going to get caught one day and you're like well what about the last two seasons I've not got caught and even if I do get caught what's the problem mm. oh, so like, you were like one that would want to play oh, that's what I did uh. that's all I did because fucking strikers are useless stacklers you know what I mean you could mm. see them coming a mile away so I'd loved so I day was trying to run out for the back um, so if you're playing if you're starting right now you maybe I'd be more now but again that's, with, with my um, I'd still I, I couldn't be a centre half you know what I mean I can play it a bit but not a high level you know and, and Sweeper is, is done uh-huh. Uh, as you say, Celtic fan, uh, first memory must be stopping 10 in a row. First time you no, see Celtic before that, no, the f- aye. But successful Celtic aye, team. Successful, uh-huh. aye, cause I, remember, <laughs> I remember going one of the Mongol centres for the, um, being in the old jungle at the front. And I think the first two, we lost one. The first two games I went to, we got beat and drew against Motherwell and uh, Dundee United. And I remember Dougie, Carol Muggleton dropping the ball and Dougie Arnott's gone. <laughs> 
and everybody said I was a Jonah and I was on a band. And <laughs> every night, I think, I think it's better today with Carol Muggleton and go and I'm bad luck. Was the jungle as bad as they made it? Well, I was, we were at the front. Right. I mean, we were right down the front. Um, but it was mad, like, walking round, like, thinking that now, like, walking round the stadium to get where, where you wanted to be. Uh, but I, even then, the, the, when we stopped in, I remember, because we actually, we, we were doing, because I remember it was a cracking day, aren't they? So we were doing the field having a kick about it, and we actually we listened to it on a radio. Um, and I think, it, you know, it's like when you listen to something on the radio, everything sounds you know, a hundred times worse. You know, if somebody's crossed the halfway line, it sounds you're panicking. He's scoring the and, But the, just even at that age, the relief was, because was, the season before was class. And with the stadium getting built and getting moved about, and it, it, you can feel we're sort of on the up again. So the atmosphere about the place was, was brilliant. And that was probably the first season, uh, the season before, where I'd started going quite regularly. Um, but I even even then you could tell what it meant to, to my, my brothers and my dads and everybody like to, to, to stop that. Were you getting slaughtered in Greenwich when Rangers were winning or anything? No. <laughs> well, like your Rangers pals, would they be slaughtering you? because they oh, were right, I had the one. I've actually not seen this name. Big Tommy McDowell, boy, big boy stayed out the back. He's big Rangers man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he used to <laughs> sing in the back all the time. There's no Thames in Europe. <laughs> you get that every day, and that see that's how far it's coming. Uncle, uh, uncles, uncle married in uh, Jimmy. He's a he's a big Rangers man, well. So he, he's but the tables are turned. Uh, uh, as you say, you were a good player yourself, Morton youth team. How did you get picked up for Morton? I get picked up. Weir Boys Club was a really good team. Um, we went to the Scottish Cup final. Um, they gubbed off a Celtic. So Dan Fletcher was playing that game. Was he? Aye, aye. Was he brilliant? Aye, it was class, but <laughs> I mean, we were gubbed before the game even started because we were walking out and I think we'd, uh, we'd the week of sort of the hearts all Celtic have all walked out. I think Willem McStain, that was the manager, and they're walking out with the strips and the hoops and that on. So we were all kind of just staring at that because we actually we beat one of your mob, we beat Dundee Fermi on the semi. Right, okay. And, um, and then, but they walked out with the strips and all that on. And I, I remember I was raging, <laughs> raging at this. They took up the whole centre circle. So they're in the other half of your pitch, and we've got guys running down a long jump in it. And then you'd one guy who was a sort of hard guy at school, he'd one ball, and you get the whole team in the middle and him crossing it in. And they've all got a ball each. And I remember our manager, got a fair play to manager, I mean, he hanging time, but I made him saying, look, look, boys, just try and not get hammered today. And that was the talk, that was the team talk before we went out. Um, and then it took us to half time when we were already about three or four now down, going, I mean, they're a better team than us, but going, these are near that. Good. So you, you wish you could play that again, but then. So it was at Morton then, but then I got picked up by Aberdeen. Yeah, I was at Aberdeen for t- like two and a half, three years, you know, spending all my Easter holidays up there and mm. your summer holidays and that. And that was great, because um, Aberdeen had a great... Um, so when you're spending up there, they like you mix with the, with the first team quite a lot. Like you train with all the... Like yeah. Ian Jess and all that kind oh, of bit, Dean Windass. Aye, Billy Dodds. How was Windass, uh, mental? <laughs> so one day we'll come in, right? And um, you'd always tell... So you'd, we'd, we'd go out and we'd do our minibus... And um, the first team with their bus, and we were tell, sit down, you're always waiting, the guys come out of the kit and were warned, nobody mess with the, with the motor. If you mess with the motor, you're going home and you're at the club. So we'd all be sitting on the bus, but again, Dean Windass coming down one day, he's like, all right, boys, let a handbrake off. So we could do that, but we thought, like, we can't touch your motor, so we'd all shake ourselves, rolling down ourselves, rolling all this car, like something, so I jumped out, it was great. I mean, they were, they were brilliant. I remember as well, Joe Miller, Joe Miller gave me his boots. I've still got them to this day. Because um, you knew you were a Celtic fan. Aye, aye, because Roy Aitken was a manager as well, and Roy Aitken came over and. But it was mad up there staying Diggs, it was one of them kind of things you were. At first, you were going, you were, you were a wee bit gutted at missing out your Easter holidays because all your mates were kind of kicking about and stuff, and then you'd get up to Aberdeen and stuff. But when you were up there, it was brilliant. And I remember we were, um, 
we were ball boys for the for the Bromby game. Right. Um, and remember that big guy with a big kind of afro? Was it Egham or something? Big Danish before international. Time, yeah. And he and we were ball boys, and I'd, I'd got a ball for him before the game, and I pinged it over him. I pinged it, I got it to him, and he's had it back to me, and I had it back to him, and I had it back, and he's like, "Come on." And then so before the game, and then a couple of other boys, so we're just before like a UEFA Cup tie. But hanging the ball about Pataudry, it was brilliant. And there was some, I mean, some right good players like come through with like Derek Young and all that. And Derek was a brilliant player. You could see that like, he was going to make it long before it. And I, I loved it up there. And then... Any chance of signing then? Well, no, I was captain of the youth team for a right. while, but I remember we get, <laughs> I was captain of the game, I think. One of the top scouts come down and we get beat by an East Coast Pride Select. And I went, that's that fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then so, but I'd always kept in well with, with Morton. And, um... And I still knew all the people there. So as soon as I left them, I'd signed my I signed my S form with Morton right away. Um, and then I was there. I was there at Morton on and off nearly ten years. And it was Stevie Freel as well that was your youth team. And so David it was Owen. Well. It was the uh, Owen Owen Steeton had us for a while. I do as well. Aye, like a good guy. What uh, a left uh, guy. And then and Owen Young on his his boy was a good player. And then Stevie Freel and big David first and big Slim was your manager. But I mean, Morton was a great wee club, but. I mean, and with the whole tunes, when that's doing well, you see the whole the whole tunes doing well. But like, I got far worse as a player when I signed pro. Um, you got worse, far worse. Why? The, why, is, why is that? It was just it wasn't a good time to be at the club. There was, um, I think, they just got done at the second division, and then we were struggling then. And I think Peter Cormack, the manager, who Peter's like a legend for Aberdeen and all that, but maybe big him and Big David didn't get on the best and you know Derek Collins was a great player yeah, Derek yeah. Collins was your captain and they didn't all quite go so you were kind of stuck in the middle of sort of this kind of power struggle that was going on and then um, eventually Peter got <laughs> I tell you so I just I was in about the first team at the time and uh, Douglas Ray Douglas just passed away Douglas a great man Douglas be a legend, didn't he? Uh, saved Morton but it was him and Arthur Montford um, like the legendary commentator Arthur the big Morton man so they used to come at the the games and we were away to Hamilton and we were really struggling and we were on our way down to the, the third uh, if we kept losing a couple, a couple of games and Peter well, Cormac could lose it and so we're in we get beat and he's like me a bit and Doug, Douglas had this thing that I started going down well it was his club like so he'd have the right but he'd start to come down after the games like in the dressing room right. and Cormac hated that and I remember he come down one day uh, so we were getting a dressing room and Cormac going to lose his pocks. He knows he's getting the sack and he's like, right, wee man, he says, go outside the door. And so he's put me outside the door and he's locked it. And then, because he knows the chairman's coming down. So the chairman's coming down. He's knocked the door and he's like, whoever's fucking out there, like, out there I'm going to come out and knock you out. <laughs> chairman's knocked the door again. He's like, I see it one more time. And then the chairman's turned around and he's like, nobody talks to me in the lack club. Knocked it and ran away. So Cormac's opened the door and went, fucking you. Shut the gaff up, Mr. Wee, Mr. Wee. Did you grasp the chairman? No, I, mean, I just kept my mouth shut. I think he knew, I think he knew, I think he knew it was him. But it was a mad time because, like, we were, the boys, we were full-time, the YTSs, but there was only, there was only three years and then four years, like, cleaning, fucking 40 pairs of boots, and you're in clean stadiums, and then they put, the, the first team were coming in training at night, so there was a lot of hanging about. Like, I felt, to be honest, I felt more like a cleaner than I did a football player, which I think when it came to it, um, when it came to making a decision to go, but I mean, like making your debut and that stuff, I mean, that, I made my debut when I was 17 or something. Did you? Forget. Aye, aye. I so, know you're fat on the family, didn't it? No, we were away to Walla. Nobody was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we played, and then the, the last game, I come on again, but I mean, we got gubbed twice. Um, but the last game of the season, we had to win to stay up. 
and we were playing Queen of South and they had to win to win the league. So it was a sellout. It was like 14,000 there and the atmosphere was, was unbelievable. And that... And I remember a guy, remember a guy, John O'Neill? John O'Neill played with Hibs. What a player. Because I, I know John O'Neill. I remember right. him, I'll never forget him talking to me. He'd say he's playing with Queen of South, he's talking to me during the game. Like, take your time, wee man, all that Helping stuff. Helping you. Aye, and always that. But as well, there's some bastard. At half-time, like, I knew I was going on. So I'm spraying balls about that, like, hinking, cracking that. And there's a lot of like, boys agreeing with that. Fuck, it just fucking fell from the back. Smash, somebody's ran on in rugby tackle. <laughs> Some fan ran on, <laughs> rugby tackling us, and his stewards and that are just all laughing. <laughs> I'm uh, proper rolling comment, brilliant. I'm winding the heat, and I'm not making a laugh shit, guys. On the guys, let's have to tilt my boat <laughs> and run back in here. You know what I mean? Like, I went through like Tappy World, like, I think this is it. I made it to get absolutely, absolutely slaughtered. What's more nerve wracking, your debut at football or your first sort of film? <sighs> I think we debut football was a weird one because, as I say, I was playing well at the time for. For the, for the youth team and that, but the club were in dire straits, and I knew they couldn't. They weren't going to pitch me in unless we were well up or well well done. And I remember I felt like terrible. With the Al were one and two now. We had about forty minutes left, and they put the third one in, and I was like, "Yeah, beauty, I'm getting on." <laughs> I'm getting on. Um, and it was it was nerve wracking and stuff, but it was just something you you you'll never forget it. You know what I mean? It was it was great just to because in my head, I mean it was not it was Scottish second division football, but it was just in my head like you've kind of you've done that. You know what I mean? And so the first in filming, it's just a weird thing that I mean I still get additions are nightmares. Additions right. are, are horrible things where you're just all these kind of strangers are just staring staring at you, judging you. Um, and it's not a conducive environment if you ask me to actually get the best at somebody. But everything that comes with this job. Stuff like this is great, like tickets for games is great, going to premiers is great, but I actually love being on set. I love my job. Oh, I love trying to make things come alive and and I've I felt quite natural as soon as I got on and that's something I'll always be thankful to Ken Loach that that I, I wasn't I wasn't shy about putting my hanging across, especially when you were filming Greenock and stuff, I was quite hanging going, Well this wouldn't happen. Um and Would you have even your first aye, film, aye, but I didn't even realise what I was doing. I just thought this was the norm. Right. And New looking back, the amount of things he let me get away with, or the amount of things he let me try, was was incredible. And but, and it was an amazing start for me. But it, it couldn't have been a better start because the way he he films, he films everything in sequence. You only need to learn a page at a day, and everything is guided towards get the best out, best at you as an actor. Like there's nobody ever in your eye line, nobody's ever wearing bright clothes, nobody bothers you. He never shouts action. So it just feels, everything feels really natural. So then we're going on to, so I thought this is the standard. So going on to other jobs, that that was difficult. Like going on, the, my very next job after that, we filmed the ending first. And I couldn't get my head on it. Like how, how do I know where I'm supposed to be before you get to it? But and that's that's why you're paid to act, isn't it? So were you acting Sweet 16 while you were still playing with Martin as well? It worked out perfect in that I just finished my exams. I just got my Martin contract. But the additions were at the end, end of the year. So I just went into Cormac and he said, look, so I think I was only going to miss a couple of days of pre-season. Um, like we filmed it in the close season and then missed a couple of days and he just says, I care a fit boy, you'll be fine. Just says, just come back. And he says, keep fit, will you? But I mean, I was, I was 17 at the time, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like new, like <laughs> you've a couple of nights <laughs> on it, you're, you're struggling then. I, was, I mean, I was, I was fit as anything then. So I, he, he was great. So it worked out great. I literally finished filming and then went straight into playing the morning. Did the boys give you a bit of stick? A bit. I was shaggy was getting me tight a fair bit. Um, but they were all they were all right. Um, I remember being I remember being gutted with it because we were doing our programme notes 
And then, um, like, so we're all new players. <laughs> and I remember saying, I don't know why. I was raging. They were like, who's your favourite actor? Not one of them said me. And I thought, <laughs> even, I thought, if I were throw for a joke, one of would maybe throw my name in there. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm. Uh, did Ken Loach know about the football? Do you know that you Aye, because he advised me after it, actually. Because he advised me not to, not to, not to do acting. Because he did, did that many people. He says, look, you've got a talent to do it. And he says, and, if, and I'll back you if you want. He says, but football's your passion. That's what you love doing. Um, and he says, this is a really, really hard business you're getting into. Um, and I found it quite quite hard for a while to kind of... It's kind of funny now, because now sort of... When something goes that well, it's sort of a monkey on your back for a while, because people think you're that kid. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm from a working-class family, but really sort of... Well, like, I never asked if I wanted a pair of football boots with a PlayStation. Or like a way, we, we were well looked after, me and my brother, so... So you can, I knew them characters, but I wasn't one of them. You know yeah, what I mean? So how come you never listened to his advice? <laughs> what do you mean? When he said, "All oh, right, just then," <laughs> probably because I wasn't good enough at football. Was it that? <laughs> was that a part? Well, no. Well, it was just because I says, like, I, I remember when I made the decision. I, one of the big things in the decision was, um, I went down uh, for a, my, they'd set up a load of additions for me in London just to kind of test the water, and this was before Sweet Sixteen or that come out, so. And I remember going down in that first time in London and all these, and I would go down, I went down to like what I'd wear out to a nightclub. So I had like in the end days, remember it was like a big white cuff, so like, before just come, and like, like suit trousers. So I was wearing like any additions and those guys with just t-shirts and chinos and that. So I felt terrible right away, I felt really, and there was one addition for a thing called the Royal, it was like a, a heartbeat spin-off. And the, uh, they gave me the wrong, so I'll come down, and they gave me the wrong sides, they gave me the wrong addition thing. And they were like, I, here, take them and come back in 10 minutes. And then it was like a two-page hang about this boy, suicidal boy, having a mental breakdown. And I was fuming, because I was like, I've come all the way, and you could have gave me this days ago. Uh, and I went in, and I was raging. And I felt, I, I thought they were very dismissive of me. I just felt out a place with what I was wearing. Thought I made, but I was really angry. And so I kind of went full pelt at it. And then they, my person who became major folk were going to go and say, no, just like, this isn't, this isn't for me. I really didn't like it. You got it. Really? Yeah. You got it. Like, they want, to, they want to offer you already. And I went, so that was a big wake-up call going, well, they don't know who I am. Like, they don't know, they, they don't, they haven't seen Sweet 16, they haven't seen like, nothing, nothing's been out. So to come in and get that just off the bat, well, I went, all right, I'm all right at this. And then, as I say, Morton went wandering through the, the best of times. So I was just driving up the road one day and I was passing Capitol and, I just went in and, and big slum was in the office and I just said, look, I think, I think I'm going to get this acting I cracked. And he says, well, sorry to lose you, but he didn't fight too hard, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> One place you'd never get playing for Martin is the Cannes Films Festival. Uh, I mean, it was honestly, How was it? it was Did you hear the trousers on you? I got lucky because I got to take my mum and dad in that experience. But and then at the same time, it was brilliant. I, I've been right lucky bringing my mum further a few things my family and stuff. But same time, at age, I was like, I want to go out in the Randan here. You know what I mean? So I was wanting to go out and... There was one night we were out in this thing, and the thing is we can, it's a level playing field, so you could be the biggest stars, whatever, but if you're in that competition, you're, you're the stars of the thing, and we we were flying that year, so we were at some party, I think it was like Prince Albert, the Monaco, and Chuck Norris, and that were all kicking about, like a new bit, no and, uh, but I got, luckily, luckily enough, a couple of years later, I had a film called Red Road, and we went back again, because then I could take it on. You know what I mean? Because it, it was it was too much at the first time. You know what I mean? It was just and being a wee short ass for Greenock and just wanting McDonald's and Royce, amazing, amazing French food and that. But it was just like there's just all these beautiful people everywhere. But again, 
I don't know if it's a Scottish thing or like West Coast thing, but just having a wee bit of gallusness about Bogey you, you know what I mean? Aye, aye. So I, when you, because I remember walking out of the car and there's just this bank, um, and there's one of the, the, the producers at Sweet 16 say at the time, like, we're all panicking, like, going how you want to react. I just went right up, like, giving my kilt not out, you know what I mean? I was like, this is amazing, like, it's, you might never get this again, so, so make the most of it. Jake, the football bringing maybe helped you with that as well? Well, not bottom. There's no bikes and photographers <laughs> at bottom. <laughs> no, but just being gallus and bold as well. Why? Because you've got, you got, you got to hold your in the changing room. I mean, I, I guess, you've got you've got to box clever with it. Like, one of the most, uh, I mean, you'll know it yourself, the most terrifying things ever is your initiation song uh-huh. coming in. It's brutal. So I went in and I went, well, right, I can't sing, but you've got to get a crowd pleaser. And I knew the gaffer, I mean, he was a bit older, so I was like, I'll, I'll sing a Mori. You know what I mean? And he goes, then the moon, and then the old train, you know, then my mate Div. Div, it was me, Div, and the boy, Kearney, and Kearney, Kearney sang Ocean Colour Scene, man, the whole fucking place was depressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he sat there, and Div had an idea, uh, he sang uh, Robbie Williams, um, Let Me Entertain You. So, he's like, oh, I've got this amazing start. He said, I'm going to kick the door in, going, going, hell is gone, is heaven's here. And he kicked the door in, and that, hell is gone, is heaven's here, and then he just blanked. Like, didn't know forgot any words. words. I forgot the words. <laughs> and they just stood there and I'm like, Wait. so it's, it's having, I think you've got to think, a lot of this stuff you think is off the cuff, but I mean, I'd thought that planned out for days. Days, uh, uh-huh. uh, As you said, you went in there, Martin, and told me, I think, was it, was it a horrible decision to quit football? <laughs> it was horrible in that I knew I was leaving it behind, but I, I kind of knew the level I was getting at. I don't think I would I got much higher than Martin. I certainly wasn't like going to be like earning a good living at it. Um, and I think just by the people I was meeting and acting and stuff, and stuff you're seeing, I knew I was good at it and I knew I had a proper chance. Um, again, but I mean, it was a leap though, because I mean, it was what, it was leaving Morton to go and be unemployed. Um, and because them jobs you get, I mean, they're like a month long at, at times. Um, but I got really lucky that not long after it, uh, I got a couple of jobs. So I'd with Sweet 16 stuff, and that's something I'll never forget as well. Like, they paid me right. I was the lead actor on that film, but I didn't know anything about films or stuff. I they, they could have given me anything, and I would have accepted it. Um, and they paid me. They paid me well. And then so I'd had I'd a wee bit of money in the bank where I didn't need to panic. And then I got Monica the Glen, which was massive for me because it was proper telly. Did some old legends like Tom Baker and Richard Briers, you know, like old old legends, Susan Hampshire. But it was on set every day. Different directors, camera angles, hitting your mark, learning your lines. And then it was like, I mean, then, Jesus, man, it was like 10 episodes we'd be filming a series plus a Christmas special. So it was like a nine-month shoot up in the Highlands. So that was my drama school. I got on that when I was like, I think I was 18, and that took me to 21. So that really set me up. What did your mates think when you told them I'm quitting football to be an actor? I don't, I think it's only now they're taking it serious. They still don't take it quite serious, I don't think. But that was one of the things I loved that, I mean, my pals figure out my best pals, and they're always going to be your best pals and stuff. But there's there's other sides to you, and I think you'll find that with people that you can't quite show or you hide for people. I mean, because growing up in Greenock and stuff, it's, it can be an unforgiving environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I always loved films, and I always loved reading, um, and I always loved like just a bit of style and that and stuff. And I remember moving to London. The first thing I got, remember them Libertines jacket, like the high military. <laughs> I loved that. Like I always wanted one of them, but you couldn't wear one. It was the first thing I bought. And then walking down the street in London, nobody batted an island. You can do that in London. And it's like you yeah. can talk film to birds and that kind of thing. You go to art openings and all that stuff. And she said, I was always a big reader and I was pretty clever at school. And so I said I could hold my conversation that stuff, but it's maybe not stuff you'd want to like people in 
like if you'd watch a black and white film and green up people think you're mental um, so I go into London and stuff uh, all that kind of things open my eyes a bit fuck I wish I'd talked to fit boys that sounds amazing <laughs> uh, right you, 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 as you say you got Monica de Glenn Martin O'Neill's a Celtic manager Celtic are dominating life's good oh mate it was class well because that was the first time I thought like we'd a we'd a right good team and I remember the um, the marker was the 6-2 game um, I mean but it was some brilliant I mean the, I remember the Juventus game that man up with big Sutton Sutton scored, scored the ball, yeah. that was class but the 6-2 game because Rangers had a right good team around then as well um, and I think we went 3-0 up in what like 12-14 minutes and it just felt and, and we're not the most like open guys in the west coast of Scotland but that's when you're hugging your brothers and you're all greeting and going mental and all that kind of stuff and I'll never forget that Larson goal and I meant because the run and run they kept going and because we were right up behind the goal when he chipped it it looked as if it went wide and it wasn't until it hit the net yeah. So were you in. behind the goal when he chipped aye, it? Aye, I was behind the goal aye. Would Larson have been your hero for that too? Aye, aye well like, because where I was then playing um, I was kind of playing holding midfielder and stuff like if I was uh, I loved Lambert and Lennon um, but I Henrik Henrik and Lubo I mean Lubo was on another level at times but I mean I think, I think with Henrik is, is he's sort of the last genuine world class player and he could have left and he left us and went on to do bigger things but we got the best of him so watching him and watching that team um, and obviously the, the, what, the, the teams that were putting away in the Champions League and then the, the, the Seville hang and all that it, it was amazing Did you ever get a pint with Henrik on it? See, see I'll tell you right so <laughs> Uh, he's the one I mean I've been lucky in my job to meet some like incredibly famous people as well but he's the only guy I was shaking oh, yeah, like, I, I was shaking when I was sitting beside him and I walked <laughs> I was in the changing room I was playing one of them charity games with him and I just had to, I don't know who it was but I was in the corner and there was somebody sitting behind me and he just walked in went like nope picked up the thingy tossed it he's yeah, like, no shirt. my shirt my shirt was next to whoever it was right. tossed that shirt and sat down he's like this is my seat so then he was that's the one in the corner that's I, where he used to I sit, sit that's I right said that's my seat through the guy's strip just sat down beside me and he said to me actually they were um, one of the best days that we had was because uh, when we won the the Invincible treble we were playing in the Lubo Larson game the next day so we were staying in the hotel with him and a lot of these charity games I've made an arse at because, because it's always the night, the night before it and I can't have one or two I'm too easily led so after that, and obviously Big Roderick scored and that, was a, was a peach. But we get back to the hotel and it's all the boys there and stuff. And, and I'm like, right, I'm not going to have one. And Henrik's like, what do you mean you're not having one? And I went, well, oh, just the game's like, get one. He's like, he's and then I get one. But then they're all going to their kip because they can call it Higgies. Then I'm going to do it three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you're playing the charity games, then I'm ever kidding you when you're not playing them. Um, no, they're all... They're all the, the soccer ones get a bit feisty. Um, I remember as well, but as well, was it was it Bruni's testimonial I played in? And he was hanging, and he wouldn't get away from me. And I'm wanting to go on a bit, and Bruni was just like, every time you get a ball, I'm just going to smash you. <laughs> 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 it was honest, but I was, it was, it was starting to do my nothing. He's horrible. Oh, he just does. And he was hanging as well. I think they had a golf day the day before it. He just didn't stop running. Every time I turned around, he was just air, man. I was driving up the Angry guy. He's got a head like an Alsatian when you're playing against <laughs> yeah. uh, Road to Seville. Amazing. Right. Did you get to any of the, uh, the away games? I got, never got, we were right in the midst of filming them. I got a few of the home games, but we're filming, because that was actually quite a sore point. We were, because um, we were right in the midst of that Monica the Glen thing, and so you can't go. They, they hardly let you away, but I said, look, we're on this run, I think it was at the quarterfinals. Um, so that was about two months away. And so, the, and the thing is, with these, with these schedules and stuff, you've got about 100 people waiting on you, like a cast and crew and stuff, and it's a, to change days is ridiculously expensive. So I said, look, if we get to the final, I'm going. So I need, 
I need it'll be Celtic's first European final in 30 odd years. I said, I'm going. They said, they bother, leave it ways. So we all booked up. It was all charter flights and that, so it was about 20 my pals going. And then the week before it, the schedule comes out, and I was winning every single day working. I was like, what's going on here? And then when he says, he says, oh, you're after following week for the European Cup final. I'm like, no, it's the UEFA Cup final. Oh, no, mate, I, I was fuming and I was getting that point that I was going, I was like, I'm going, I don't care, I'm not hanging there. I've got my mum, my agent on the phone, like, you better screw your you get a bag and then. Thank you, Dave, for certain. Ah, you know, but, that's, <laughs> but you were just fuming because all your mates were going there, all like, going like, but. So we had a week booked up in Portugal and all that kind of thing, you know, it was a whole thing. And I'm still waiting on the money for it for the boy I gave it to, actually. <laughs> and, um, but then they, they, they did well for us, actually, because then. It wasn't even because I was, uh, I was filming. I was I was stuck in the Highlands. It wasn't even as if I could drive down to Greenock and see anybody. But they, they put on a big party for us and that. And then, but right enough, the the boys, the Sparks, the Jobs, the Robert Rangers guys, they had a portal party across the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, it was uh, you, you just felt that night for. We actually when we did one of the soccer things, um, it, it was classed. It a lot of them. On the bus to Manchester, so you train in London, and this year we're playing London, but we're training up in, um, uh, we're playing up in Old Trafford in one of the bus journeys. It was me, Kevin Bridges, Jose Mourinho, and we, we Rui, and for four hours they just told us story after story, man. And it was class, and then after a couple of things, I got up the courage to chin him about it. Did you? I was going, I use the right order on that. And then, what did he say? He was laughing. He was laughing, <laughs> then he's laughing, but he, say, he says two things. He said, that's the hardest final I've ever played in he said, I've said my boys were on their feet and then he said some days and I don't know how that kind of stopped me he said Look, we'd have done in to win that game you with me so that's the difference I did yeah uh, I don't know that I know I don't know that's that sort rolling and all that kind of thing you know uh, what I mean uh, but I uh, some of the stories he was telling you I mean he, he was class what was he man he was brilliant and he done me one to what if soccer he was right he's so well prepared and everything so I'd I'd done my meniscus um, a couple of months before I'd, I'd keyhole and then I'd missed a job and because I was playing some charity thing and then my agent so I said maybe it's time to kind of knock it on the head because I was still trying to keep in a bit and then soccer aid phone call comes and I was like well, I need to play in this and they were like well, right we get it it's a, it's a big thing so but I didn't know if I was fit I didn't know if I could run so they say it's come down a day early and it was like Fulham you train with so I come down to see Fulham, Fulham physio and they take us out and they're brilliant and they're taking us out and they're running and say, look, it's really weak and whatever and stuff because I wasn't doing my rehab or anything because I just like, I'm not playing. No, no point. And then he says, look, we'll strap it up and all that kind of stuff and you'll get through the week. He says, and if anything says, you'll, just, you'll get to play in the game. So we go to the dinner that night and Jose's there and he goes, you're playing on Sunday. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, I know about you. I know you're hanging. He says, you're not training this week. You're playing Sunday. And I went, all right. And then I kind of come back to him and I was, I was like, that's, that's class. But then I started to panic and I come back and I was like, well, in a bit of me as well, like, I want to see him on the training pitch. And see what he does I and see how what he, he does and not that kind of thing. And he's like, not, you're right. So we come in that first morning. So that was like the, the Wednesday morning we come in to train. And he went, nope, nope, go, go. And I was like, but at least the morning's like, no, you're going in the physio. So I was in there all day. But then I was panicking. If they're out there doing something and somebody actually plays well, he might just go, and he'll keep you. <clears throat> so we get in on the Thursday as well, come back in. He's like, nope, you're not training today. So I spend all day in there, kind of myself as well. And it's like, one day you're like stuck in between Robbie Williams and all that. And I can't say, I'm scared of shit. <laughs> just sit there fuming. So we get the Thursday night and he comes in and he says, the physio said you can train tomorrow. I'm like, all right, fuck. I'm like, great. So I'm in the hotel that night, buzzing. And then uh, I got my phone goes and it's Greg McHugh. You know Greg McHugh, Gary Tankham. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Under. Right, okay. So Greg phones me, he's like, mate, where are you? And I was like, I'm in a hotel, mate. He says, you want to come into Soho for a couple of pints? I was like, no, nah, mate. I said, I'm training, like, hanging out. I've got Jose in that in the morning training. He's like, just come in for a couple of pints. He says, I'm out with Paolo and Atini. Right. Paolo's a top lad as well. He's like, just come out. I was like, nope. Ten minutes later, the phone goes, it's Paolo. He's like, just come out for a couple of pints. You're not going to need to do Just come in, it'll be fine. You'll be having a decent time or whatever. I was like, nah. Greg phones, I was like, look, I'm not coming. And he went, mate, if you don't come out tonight, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Right, I mean, he knows how to push my buttons, right, and yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'll come for a pint. So you can have a drink down there, but not really, especially Jose was saying naughty. So I've jumped in the back of the hanging, got a, got a taxi into, got into Soho, and M2, I meet M2 in, in the Groucho, and then I was like, right, what's going on? Right, I was like, yeah, and then uh, Greg goes like, look, sit down, get a pint, calm down. I was like, look, lads, I'm not messing about. He says, right, finish this pint, walk around the corner, and walk into this wee sort of kind of, Den hang and we're sitting in this wee bit. I just sit down, sit down, pours the champagne, out walks Prince. No way. Prince Bruce walks out. <laughs> just like, he's like there. He must have played for about five hours solid. And I think I get back in about seven, eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm walking through, hanging Hosey's there, I'm like, ah, do you want to train? I'm like, no, Jose, I'm back Still in the field, people. <laughs> 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 oh, that's tremendous, though. <laughs> but he was brilliant, man. He, he was class, Jose. But oh, yeah, like that whole week, mate, like, for somebody who who loves football, like, just being in a train journey, like, Seedorf is, I mean, there's some lens that is on another level. Well, how good he is. Just how, he controlled the entire game. And, I mean, some other, like, you got Del Piero, Shevchenko, Big Yap, Jamie Redner, you got the England boys, got good players and that. Whenever he whacked the tempo up, up, when he slowed it down, he slowed it down, he just he didn't, the whole game revolved around him. Amazing. We'll come to that in a bit, but just back on the say, like, uh, what's your best European away trip? You been on one? Oh, hi. Uh, <laughs> well, Amsterdam's always a good one. <laughs> um, uh, well, one of the first things I got today when... Never seen Slaney in Amsterdam, did you? No, no, no. <laughs> hell no. Um, I took one of the first ones I went away when I, when I started making a bit of money. Um, I was able to take my feather and I, I flew me, my brother and my feather out to Barcelona for a game. And it was a big game Hearts and scored. Right. So that was some trip. Benfica was a peach. 
because the, we went up to we went up to the stadium where you can still go up to where we won the European Cup. So that's open. So we're just up there having a kick a bit on the grass now. We have the game. I, I, well, so yeah. that was class. I've been to a few. Been a bit. There's some. Um, say Amsterdam's always a good one. <laughs> what about the uh, best day after celebrating a win? Remember that? The other day, probably. Was it, uh, <laughs> you were Paddy McCourt as well, aren't you? Aye, Paddy's it. Paddy's a top lad. Like, I think I went out. It's kind of these kind of things. You kind of meet people at these games. I met Paddy at one of these um, uh, charity games and just just really got on with him. And then. Uh, so we film over in Belfast, line of duty, right. and Paddy's in Derry, so you're, you're not that far away. So he said, come through for a night. And I mean, I thought I was a wee bit famous, but man, the Derry fell out there. They love him, didn't they? <laughs> they love him. He's, he's, he, and he can put him away as well, Paddy. Is there any other players over the years that you're quite really pally with? I, well, I've been right lucky with, with a few of them. I, I got on really well with Bruni and, and Katie and we grip, but it's all that hanging now, isn't it? Like, social media has changed all that. You like, can get people, you get access to people sort of right away, you know? And, Chris Commons, because um, he's really close pals with a, uh, with a pal of mine out in Hamilton. So I, we've had, I've had a few nights out with a few of them, and I've been lucky. Because I remember one, <laughs> the, um, well, I can't remember what char- charity game it was, but I remember uh, it's mad moments like this. Kind of go, I'd, I'd come up late and I'm staying in the hotel, and it was the night before because I, I got on really well with, with, with Stan Petrov. Stan's a Top legend, man, isn't he? <laughs> a legend, and. Um, I was in a WhatsApp group where like, they just started saying, oh, guys, these are the ones at the hotel. And it was Big Jan Van Hess, Big Van Hess, like Petrov, Sutton and me. And I was like, ah. you know, it's one of them kind of things like, oh, oh man. <laughs> and I get in the hotel and I was feeling a bit jet-lagged. So I was like, my missus like, let's just go up my room and have a quiet night. And fucking Sutton was slaughtering me. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> destroyed me. But no one back. Like, I thought they met him yet. Absolutely destroyed me. Uh, uh, you could be a ruthless man. Um, no, See, back when you first started, did you ever think that this would ha- happen? No, and it's all... You, you, I mean, I, and I don't take it for granted at all. I really know how privileged I am. And it's, it comes with hard work. I mean, I'm, people then, tells you that, like, on set, I'm more prepared than anybody by the times in. And I do my, my work. I take it very seriously. But... No, all the stuff that comes with that, like, like just uh, in the changing room after, the other day, like, and after Celtic, I've just been a treble, treble, and you're holding the Scottish Cup. It's like mental. Like, I, I really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be over dramatic, even though I'm an actor, but yeah. I was, I got really choked up after I walked out. Um, that was things like that are pretty. And then running out, because one, like, I played at Parkhead. I mean, that's all I wanted today as a boy, and I've done it a few times now. And um, the one. After Stan's game, and hang is, I was just after, literally after playing for Ibiza, going to Stan's game, and I was in a right. You love playing bust. Uh, no, well, mate, that's like, that's, <laughs> Imagine how good you be playing so And that's and it keeps happening. Always something that always comes up. And then, um, but Stan's game, walking run. Oh, that was the walk on, and and just being on. And I've been in that walk on so many times as a fan to be in the middle of the the pitch when that was happening. I something I'll never forget. Ask players this as well. So seeing that is there like low points. Oh mate, aye. There's especially with acting, man. There's so much rejection that there really is. Like that's how I mean. I love going to the pictures, but it is just was of your rejection, like posters of stuff you've went for and not got. It's brutal. Well, like hundred, no, no, no. Aye, just aye, mate. Like I mean, there is like literally you go, you lose a lot more jobs than you get. Um, yeah, it can be tough. And there's a couple of moments where, like, I've went. This isn't for me. Um, there was one particular one I was having. I was just having a, a bit of a rough time, and um, I got. And then I went for some. My agent said, "Go for it." Like, why don't there was like a, a radio play or something? She says, "Why don't you go for it? Keep you occupied." 
Um, and it's something you've never done before in front of your live audience. I went, I ain't bothered. And I went in and had a meeting for him, and I just and he just wanted me to do this stupid Ned voice. And it was really driving me up the wall, and it was like these sort of middle-class sort of radio producers trying to tell me how to speak. And I was kind of, I, I felt really offended. And then I got back my car, and I remember it, and I was just like, I was really struggling, and I was like, is this what it's came to? But again, after that, I remember sitting going down the road going, no, I'm going to change this. Like, this is, I'm a lot better than this. Um, so there is, there, I, I have had some rough moments, but, I mean, because the highs are really high with this, but there is, because, like, I wish you could bottle the feeling just after you get a job, like, just when you find out you've got it, because then right away you go, Jesus, I've got to learn this, I've got to do this, and then you start panicking about scenes, start worrying about sex scenes, because I'm like, I'm like Ricky Hatton, man, because you've got sex scenes like shit, and then as soon as that's finished, I'm phoning the dominoes. It's, um, it's, 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 it's mad, mate. Like, I, and I, but I've been, been really lucky over the years. I've maybe, I've got a lot better at, turning stuff down, which I found really hard to do when I was younger because like being a working class boy, like I, I found it hard to turn down when people are offering you money to do your job. Mm. You know what I mean? But maybe doing strippers versus werewolves wasn't my <laughs> 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 Is there anything that you smoke. have turned down that you regret? Um, probably not. One thing which does give me sleepless nights at times is um, when I got, the wee, I got offered the wee man in line of duty at the same time. No, I knew how good Line of Duty was, but I didn't even know what it was going to become. And I remember thinking years before there was a story that Robert Carlyle was going to play was going to play the wee man, and I went, I, remember I that, want yeah. that, I really want that, or I want to be in it. And then it didn't happen. And then it just came round and said they want you to do it. And I went, nobody else is playing that. I'm playing that. I'd be perfect for it. And then at one point they were they working in it, and my agent says to what one if it comes to it, what one you doing? And I was saying the wee man. And Jesus Christ, man, if I'd have turned in line of duty now, man. Um, but thankfully, it didn't come to me. And to be honest, I think my agents, they would have, I don't know if they'd talk sense to me or whatever, but that does give me the fear no time. Like, if, I'd have, if I had to sit at home and watch somebody playing that part, I'd be gutted. Uh, is line of duty the best job you've had? It's the best, well, actually, one of the best, probably the mentalist one was uh, the Damned United. Because, oh, you're yeah, the Damned United, yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Reset's guy's been hopeless recently. <laughs> no, uh, well, mate, Man, you it under the, the wig I was under. I, uh, Michael Sheen. Jesus, you're having a nightmare with us. Martin Sheen. That's Charlie Sheen's <laughs> fetter. Charlie Sheen's fetter. Is he in uh, the West Wing? Aye, that's a man. There you go. I don't so know what's um, So we were doing that. And to be honest, though, it's not, wouldn't it wouldn't be right to say we're glorified extras, but... It's all about, I mean, it was brilliant watching Michael, like, doing stuff like, there is, but you never stop That's learning. That's method acting, isn't it? Aye. Anyway. But he was, like, watching him, <laughs> what, what was great for me as a young actor to see him is because he's got all his angles on him, and he was in every scene of that film. And so he's doing his bits first, and it's your long shots, your medium shots, your wide shots, and then you've got to turn it round, and there's that many of us in the dressing room, there's about another 15 things, and I remember the first day of the going, Michael, rest your voice, you go, I'll read in, and he went, no, 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 I'll read for the boys. So they're reacting to me, so they'll react to me. And I remember at the time going, well, that's, that's, that's the standard. Then that's, if he's, he's good enough to do that, I'll be good enough to do that. Um, but other than that, it was, it was 14 boys in a hotel for six weeks, kicking a ball and drinking. It was class. Mm-hmm. So, so, see, how do you get better as an actor? Is it the same as a football? You look at somebody that... You, you learn a lot, but, I mean, I, what I'm still thinking a lot, I'm still trying to get back to the, the kid I was when I was 17, because he was just fearless. And it was just all about the acting because as you get older, you, you become more aware of angles and when the camera's not on you and sort of when... And there is bits you've got to conserve your energy and stuff, but you maybe there's scenes you don't quite commit to 
at times, whereas when, when I was at Hing, I committed to every single thing. So I, I think I'm pretty good at it, and maybe what I'm good at, at it is, is like, I, I beat myself up about it quite a lot. I mean, I'm very critical of myself. I can't watch myself out. I can watch myself back once and then that's it. But I think, and I can be over-prepared and I think I can be a bit of a pain in the arse for directors at times because I've got that many questions and stuff. Um, but I think that's maybe coming in, maybe not, not feeling like, because I didn't go to drama school or stuff like that, I feel like I've got a lot more to prove at times. How was, this is off script, but how did you feel when you first watched Sweet 16? Oh, I hated it. Did you? Aye, so, and we had, um, I didn't hate the film, I hated me in it because we were supposed to go down to London to see it in a screen and the flight got cancelled. So William, it was Pinball or Slaney, and um, <laughs> uh, Anne-Marie, uh, who played my sister, they come down to my house to watch it. Now, they had already acted and I thought when you could, when you were watching it, you could see that they had experience. And I thought, I, I didn't. It took me a while to go. Actually, I, that's all right. Um, so have you watched it back since and changed your opinion on it? I think I watched it once again about ten years ago. And I no, I watched it at Cannes. Well, actually, I did. I watched it at Cannes, and I thought I thought then it was better because everybody was in my ear telling me I was amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right back to the football. You must have loved Gordon Stratton, a wee chirpy Scottish guy. Aye, over. aye. I mean, we, again, he brought in a great sort of era of success. You can't argue with, with what Gordon achieved. Again, it's just maybe with him, same with Scotland. I mean, because I thought his, his part was brilliant, but when things are only going well, you're just like, just give us a straight answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like the like the Man U game, I mean, that thing, because that was a proper battle of Britain. When Nakamura scored, Naka scored that free kick. Yeah, again? No, no, yeah. I, was, I was working away, but the... Um, I'm a big, I'm a very, very, because that's what I always, I'm a very, very proud Scotsman and it's always that thing people say like, obviously with the money that Celtic Rangers could get if they went south, but I love that we represent Scotland in the Champions League. I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I love the league, it's mental. Mm -hmm. And it's, but, it's much more exciting. It I is, aye, and it's, and it's, and it's a rain. I mean, and I like even where it was the other day, and somebody was trying to put on the Sunderland game, and it was a Dundee United Sunderland game. I was like, get that half and get the Dundee United Sunderland game on. It's really? Aye, right? because I, it, it's your game, and it's what you grew up watching. You Do you go I mean? a lot of games down south now? No, a lot, no. Yeah. Um, I was trying, I, I had a ticket for um, the, uh, the Man City Leicester game. But um, I end up, I was working the next day, I never went. But I've not, I've not been to tons, no. Uh, how did you take it when Celtic were going through low points, such as uh, the Tony Mowbray and stuff like that? Would that affect you? Oh, aye. I mean, you take it, because you're getting pelters, innit? And, uh, um, Who feel like other actors? Aye, well, not really. There's not tons. Um, there's a lot of, I think we, Stephen and, and... Stephen Purden uh, and Jordan Jordan, you've had on a big Rangers man's, but there's nobody... I'd really know who are like big, like following Rangers boys. It's, I mean, I'm not saying it's most of the lads I know anywhere are all big Celtic fans. But no, it does affect you, man. Like, um, I suppose it's your life, it's what you grew up with. And, um, are you a bad fan watching games of Celtic? I'm not, I'm all, I, I can be, but because I can be a bit hyper, but at the same time, I'm patient. Because that's one thing I hate going at games when you know those people haven't played who are absolutely clueless, just shouting and bawling. I remember there was one thing going in an argument with a guy, I think with Boa Vista, was it Boa Vista? And Lennon passed the ball back to keep the ball, and some guy was going off his nut. And you were like, "What's the problem?" I think he you got booed that night. I was fuming that night. Would you ever say something to people? Aye, no, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Because there was that as well, and there was a member the night uh, the booed Larson, hanging. And it was like, I, so there is people like I mean, but they pay their money. It's their entitled yeah. to do it. But stuff like it can be stuff when you've got somebody beside you just shouting and bawling. Nonsense, you know what I mean? Again, Ronnie Dial era. See, eras, did you still oh, go to games? That? You know, I like see, it, uh, yeah. no, enjoy no, that. I, no, I was going, well, no, my abiding memory of Ronnie Dial era was, so I was I was staying there at the time and I'm 
tell my missus about this thing and I bought the taps and it's a magical place and you're going to love it and you'll it's like it'll change your life, it'll be with you for your life. And I took her to Ross County at home on Boxing Day. I think Green Brigade were on a band, so the stadium was empty and we drew 0 0. She was freezing and she was like, Is this what this is all about? <laughs> I actually apologised to her when we left. Have you took her back since oh, then? Oh, I changed her back, but she was on one as well because I took her to that and then I took her to, I think it was the München Gladbach game at home and we got beat 2 0. And then I took her to the, to the Cup semi final where, um, was it Musa scored in the last minute? And but we'd hit a bar with a goal disallowed against Rangers and I remember looking at her the last minute when we've not scored since you've been to a game same as you in the jungle I, I, was, rage. I was like that and then she, so she started to panic and then we scored in the last kick of the ball aye. but she's been back she's getting because she'll come I think it's me and my pal and um, uh, uh, because we're that enthusiastic about it and that, so she can sing come on you boys in green yeah. like, wear our accent anyway did uh, Brendan Rodgers get the love back for you? that style of football you played oh loved it especially playing out um like you said, you like enjoyed I, that. I, I loved it. Back. Again, it's keeping the ball. Because I think if you, we're playing teams at Parkhead and stuff, or even in most places, they're going to sit in against you. So you've just got to keep it going. And I mean, I'm I'm not going to kid on them. I'm clever enough to say I'll break these phases of play. But if you do that long enough, and you're going to tire players out. And it's just getting that one wee bit of space. I know that Invincible season was class. And there was one game actually last season, I think, where we were Aberdeen away. And we beat them 3-0. Mm. And we were phenomenal that night. Played some great football. Uh, fellow Celtic supporting uh, James McAvoy. You see Celtic fan? Aye, James is a big Celtic one. I was, you, I was talking to him yesterday, actually. Do you speak about Celtic? Aye, aye, aye. Because he's because we get a bit of hangy because he um he scored a penalty uh, in one of the charity games we played. So I'd never hear the end of that. Is he any good? Ah, he's all right, James. He's is not he, too huh? bad. He's um and he can be a bit feisty as well because we we have a, there's an actors game you call it in London. We all have a kick about because obviously not in the face, darling, and all that. And there's <laughs> bass like that was going on. Um so. I, the, we, there's a few years um, who have a kick about in London um, and I, James is pretty good but I, he's, he's a big seller man is he a good actor he's filthy he's class right? man Honestly, he? he's, he's class. intense isn't he he's unbelievable because I when we're doing filth and I forget is um, so I like you need rehearsals you really do because you need to kind of map out what you're going to do so when you get to set and film it you're not wasting time but you know but I like to hold a bit back because I don't want to go full pelt and in rehearsals James is already at a 10 and then that yeah. means you've got to, you know what I mean? Um, and that, there's a scene in that filth where he's he's about three different characters. And I'm just sitting watching it going, I can't do that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's, he is something. And he's such a humble guy. He's a right, right nice family. Um, but he's kind of the, I mean, I'd say look up to because he's probably the only one that's about the same height as me. But he, um, he, like what he's achieved and the way he's achieved it and he kind of keeps himself to himself, you know what I mean? So do you ask? Do you still ask these guys for advice in that? I knew it again because a few of them, like, um, I've been right lucky. Uh, we work over here and I've kind of over, but I've not quite, I've not cracked the American one yet. And a lot of my pals actually over here don't, don't didn't get stuff here. And there's a different there's a different technique to addition in America. It's quite brutal. There, they like they've got signs in that when you walk in, don't shake hands. And I says, mate, it's honestly. Really? I'm walking into one thing. The guy went. So I walked in and I didn't know. I said that my agent tell me after if he doesn't like the look at you when you walk in, or it doesn't think you're the right look. You're thinking that. So it was just him and there was no camera. So he come in and says, come in, store there. And then he just started reading in, but he's reading the lines, but there's nobody else in. So I'm like, how are you? There's nobody watching what, me. Yeah. Ah, and then he just went, cheers. <laughs> just kicked me out the door. Just doing it for his employees. Yeah, just doing it. That's it. Who else top actor? Stephen Graham. Oh, Stevie's class. Stevie's. I mean, he's. 
I, I suppose that's the thing with football player. You're a better player with better players around you. And um, Stevens, Stevens immense. And I've been lucky. He's been, he's been a pal for a for a long, long time. Um, how, how, how did you first? How you come as a pal? I auditioned for, for uh, this is England no uh, to play Woody. Um, and I got done it in the last two, but Joe's phenomenal. And like I can tell that Shane and that were all cool. As I said, except for four and Shane, he went. It's between one and you other guy, but I think the other guy's going to get. I've on my phone. I was like, fair dues. Um, <laughs> Shane Meadows ahead. Uh, aye, and then but I did, I did the addition with Stevie, and then we just really hit it off. And then we did Damn United together because he played Billy Bremner, didn't he? Um, and then we've just stayed in touch, and then obviously line of duty. And stuff. So is that how you know Vicky McClure as well? For addition no, addition no, England? we just we just met, but me and Vicky. She's she oh, she's class, mate. Like she is genuinely class, and cause she she'll be doing things with eight times. Like she'll be talking through a scene because she can she can be daft at times. Right. And then, but she's talking through a scene, and then, but when they call action, she just goes to another level. It's as if she knows everything inside out. Like she's most on, uh-huh. she's the most instinctive actor I've ever worked with. Like she's phenomenal. But Stevie's, I've had the wee man up to a few Celtic games. That's what I was going to ask you. Have you ever like aye, come somebody in Celtic? Uh, Stevie Stevie Graham Warren Brown. Uh, I a few. I got him um, to play a couple of games. So they've. They've got the whole thing by Stephen come up with his um so he's welcome back because he came over. We're filming line of duty this year and I think it's when hearts were tap and we played them at home, we took five off him. So and everybody shouts he's a lucky charm, uh-huh. now. So is he a pure, is he a Celtic fan now? Ah, he's a Liverpool man, but right. uh, he's a Celtic boy now. Anyway. Brilliant. Uh, we're just gonna talk about line of duty, obviously right. it's massive, man, isn't it? But uh when did you first hear about it? I was doing a film called Piggy, actually, because he's another big similar with um you know a guy uh, Paul Anderson who's who's Arthur and uh, Peaky Blinders, the Big Brother. Uh-huh. Aye, so Paul's, so Paul's an old mate of mine. Cause was Paul, him in Tierney? No, so aye, so some, Paul's, it, Paul's uh-huh. dad's Scottish and his dad's a, a big Celtic man. Right. Um, aye, has got like a Celtic cross and all that. He's amazing him. in Peaky Blinders, oh, he's, isn't he's he? He's immense. After, uh-huh. So me and him were doing a film called Piggy together. And um, I was doing it, so when I'm doing accents, I tend to stay in them. And I was doing it in a London accent. So luckily, that when I went for the audition, my accent was flawless. And um and I didn't need to think about it. And my mate, the big guy that plays the caddy, Craig Parkinson, is like a close pal of mine. Like me and him have done like six or seven jobs together. And he said to us, look, because I was, and I, I I tend to get, I don't like reading other stuff, or I never read any scripts or watch films or read about when I'm filming because I don't want to split my focus. And he said, look, this is the best thing I've ever read. And then so he said, just have a look at it. And then I had like I read it and I went, this is amazing. And um so I just went in and. Only had the one edition and, and got it. How did you know straight away it was going to be massive? I knew it was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be massive. I thought it was a bit too boutique. You know, I thought the scripts were, were, were brilliant. I thought they cast it really well. Lenny James is a legend. The boy was was leading it that year. And then, see, I thought, but it took ages for it to come out. So I didn't, you don't know if that's a bad sign or not. Um, that the, the, But they were just trying to find the right slot for it because that's a mad thing. You fi- we finish it and then you don't know when it's going to come out. Right. Um, and it took ages. So that made me that made me worry for a bit. And then it's on BBC Two a Wednesday night and kind of hang. So you don't know if people are going to take it, but, but people loved it. You see, like footballers, I know for a fact every one of them read the paper to check yeah. their rating. Do you look at reviews? Noon again, like but that? the problem is, the problem is, is that you, you're never going to please everybody. There was one I was reading because there was one woman that just hated my eyebrows. So, <laughs> so every one of her fucking reviews was about my eyebrows. And I'm like, I'm knocking my pan in with this accent, working with all these amazing actors, and apparently it's brilliant. And that's all she talks about was my eyebrows. And so you, you can't, so it was stuff like that quite early on. I'm like, well, you can't, there's nothing you can do. I mean, what will probably more do is I'll read the review of the show. Like I'll see how it's done, you know what I mean? Like, like the tap of the thing, what state is because. But if you go into it, because I panic. That's what I'm worried about with the show. 
I mean, I know my accent's good in it, but there's times it will go. And the bigger it's getting, the more people become accent the detectives. So one it, guy uh, will go like, oh, you went, oh, mate, seen like episode five, minute 32, it went. And that's, so that gets quite... Mate, have a day off, eh? Aye. Well, it, is, it is, but that's what people are like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? The main guy's brilliant, isn't he? Who? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Who's a gaffer? Oh, oh AD. What's his, what, AD Adrian Dunbar now. Uh, I've seen the two on the Jonathan Nosh show. Adrian's a ledge, man. Is um, he? Oh, he's, he's, he's That's class. the first time I've ever seen him. He's, he's part of, he's part of brilliant. What, um, where is he from? Uh, Enniskillen. So he's he's from North Ireland, uh, the West, but he's a, he's a big Arsenal man. Right. Um, but me, him and Vicky, what kind of part of our deal is that we have to have, we have to have three flats together. So he'll cook. The kind of deal is, is he cooks... We work in Vicky's and we party in mine. Right. So we've got like a designated flat for what we do. So you are proper pals, eh? Oh, I like I'm genuinely they're two of my best pals that are like um we've got a wee WhatsApp group and it's like it's on it's non stop with them two. Because like you spend that much time in each other's pockets, you know what I mean? And it it can get tough out there. Um so it's good to have them around you. And I mean like everybody else, we can drive each other mental at times, but we know how to push each other's buttons. Um but I like Adrian, Adrian's like, I mean, he, he's part of his class. Uh-huh. Do, like, see, with football players, sometimes some will turn up to train like hungover. And that, can you do that acting there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Um, um, <laughs> now and again, it depends. Um, the problem, what I'm finding is, is, is I'm getting older, whereas now I'm saying I'm not turning up ha- hungover, but it's two days later and you're still feeling it. Still struggling. Aye. Uh-huh. Like, we were filming after the. the um, I'm, I'm a pal of like Josh Taylor what was it Josh was fighting last week I see your pal with him aye uh, Josh was fighting and then um, <laughs> met your man Jerry Cinnamon after it and that was class how is he Jerry good? oh Jerry's a legend man he's a big Celtic man and um, uh, he was class he was playing as a couple of tunes and that so where was that just I just cut about hotels and casinos and all yeah. that over time in the morning then I went to Celtic Park uh, for, the, for flag day and I was doing a half time draw I was minging doing that and um but like I was not filming until like two days later but you're on set and you're still like oof feel terrible so that but you'd never do it because the camera picks up everything you know what I mean and one thing Ken Loach always said to me was energy always communicates well through scene uh, screen no matter what you what the scene is if you're enjoying yourself and enjoying what you're doing then the audience will enjoy it and if you're not you're full part and you're just kind of like weigh that and you're only 60 or 70% it does kind of maybe take the wee bit of a sparkle at your eye you know is, it, is a director sort of like a football manager? they can be um, ones, well, the ones get bet the best don't you? aye aye well there's ones you just kind of prefer working for you know because yeah. there's ones that are so technical there's one I worked with and he would have been nameless he couldn't give a fuck about actors he didn't he like yeah uh, aye he didn't he, he didn't bother with us at all. He was just like, he was maybe a, you call it a DOP, like cameraman. And I mean, he's a big, big director, but I, he was horrible. And um, and then there's ones who you just, is that kind of that old thing? Off. You know, you'd run through a brick wall for them. Mm. Like if they ask you to do something, like, because trust is a big thing on them sets because you can got to go to some, sometimes it's, you got to go, I've, I've, I've filmed some dark stuff at times. Whether it be like, I mean, the the subject matter is really, really dark, and so you've got to trust people. And if they're trying to do something, telling something, you've got to you've got to know that they're, they're leading in the right direction. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, line of duty is it opened up other doors? A lot of big things coming up. Aye, uh, I'm actually the man just <laughs> now. I'm doing a hang in Dundee at the minute. Uh, well, it's set in Dundee, but we're filming in Manchester. You can come stay at my man's. Uh, no, well, I'm looking forward to getting. Oh, no, up, actually, I was saying, I was, I was saying to you earlier, they were asking me to do a, a Dundee accent, but. 
Wasn't it till I played him Kyle Faulkner's voice <laughs> <laughs> and the character like you're not doing that on his screen? He is proper, doesn't do anything. Oh, he's proper, the wee man. And then we're going on, and then after that, I'm going, I'm going straight on to another job. So it's a busy time, it's a great time, but it's that, it's that kind of thing. Like, you've got to keep going while it's here because there'll be somebody else right behind you. It is like football, there's quite a lot of similarities with football. There isn't it? Yeah, aye, aye. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots as well, how was that to film? Oh, it was class, man. There was, because. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was a bit eight at times as well, like, because there's that, the sets are that big and there's helicopters flying about and there's a hundred cameras, so you do feel a wee bit at the time like you're a moving prop, but I charging about the, the highlands on horseback and stuff, cause, and I fell off the horse in LA. It was me and my missus' anniversary, so I had a bit of a late one, and then I, I come in half arsed at this horse and I just bucked me and I flew, so that was another wake up call, like, because you kind of mess about in them. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, Cutting about your big beard and your sword and all that kind of thing. Mind you, everybody else in it's about fucking six foot three. <laughs> so I'm doing swords about the size of me. Just uh, their knees. But it was, bit, I mean, I like I'm kind of things because I always wanted a day like, and obviously I was too young for Braveheart and sort of train spot and that kind of stuff. So I've been lucky with, with filth and Mary Queen of Scots and stuff. I've always wanted a day like Scottish classics, you know. So I, I've loved being part of them. Would they have been the two films that you kind of obviously watched when you're younger, Braveheart, train spot? Aye, oh aye, aye. Brilliant, big is the man, isn't he? Aye. I can see it, you in a wee big bro. Aye, because them things is, um, there's things like that where, I, the ones I can watch back is where you're not that big a part in them, sort of thing, because it's an ensemble, and you're not like them, because I've, I've been lucky to be a part of some cracking ensemble films, and I can sit back and watch them a bit now. Right, on to the, the, the soccer aid. Aye. Uh, you spoke about Jose Mourinho, and that. any other memories, kind of stories that stick out? Um, Who's the top man there? Matt Wright, did you say? No, non-football-wise? No, no, non-football. See, things, but they can't... Because I don't know if you actually count them as non-football. The problem you've got is... Oh, I say we've got... Because we've got the best, like, ex-pros. But you're only allowed four of them on at a time. And so, the, all the English boys have, have played growing up, like the, the celeb ones. Whereas we've got... Like, Australians and Americans and that. Some of them have never even kicked a ball. And then last year... We were winning, I think we were in 3-2 and I got took half. And they scored in the last minute, so it went to penalties. And then your man, uh, Darth Vader, Hayden Christensen, right. he's like, I mean, 70,000, he's like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, for a penalty, I, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I've never done this before. I'm like, that's what I knew. I'm like, well, we're gubbed then. Uh-huh. Like, 70,000 people, and he's like, he's like walking about before it, like, what do you do? Was um, the guy from Man V Food on there as well? Aye, Adam's, Adam's a good guy. Because <laughs> Jose is ruthless, man. Like, he went on. <laughs> Since he ran on, she probably got on. Jose's lap back half. And then he ran half like clapping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, can, is Jose ruthless with the boys? Oh, like, your I performance in that? Aye, well? mate. Because he was there. Because he says to his first thing he says to his, he says, look, we're here to have fun, but he says, we're here to win. He says, my teams don't lose. And oh. I had a, because I had a right sickness, because I thought I was playing well, and then. In the box, too. He said to us at half time, because the most, and because you've got to remember, it's about raising money for UNICEF, and they've raised 30 million quid. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Amazing. And the year before it, it went to penalties, and that's the rate, most money they've ever lost. So they say to you before the game, said, Look, guys, there's no fixing or anything like that. And it says, If it does go to penalties, it's not the worst thing. So we're up 2 0 at half time, and Jose says, Anything around the box, they're going to get it. So don't get in the way. So it went, it went 2 1. And then in the box, and I thought it was a good tackle, and Kevin Phillips is took a put shooting because in the second half, it's like the celeb goalkeeper sent you, hits going in. Mm. And I, I've just got my toe to it, and the ref's like that pen. And I was panicking because I went, I've, I've, I've lost us. This. And I'll never forget it. And then Jose and big yaps like that to the, to the ref. He's going to kill him, man. Because yap doesn't he, he'd a boy, he'd butt it. Right. Like, oh, man, like people <laughs> got, oh, he was class. Uh-huh. 
And then, oh, I forget, because then Seedorf walked up to his lap, wee man, that was never a pen, don't worry, I'll fix it. Literally got the ball, ran up, tap bag, Did and he, ran, eh? ran back to his lap. I was like, well, I'm well, <laughs> Does it ever get like naughty or that in training with tackles and stuff? Aye, like? that's the only one, because Veron's, so you can train on your end and Veron, honestly, loveliest, loveliest guy, and I tried to peg him, and he literally just volleyed us. Did he? <laughs> He's like, no, again. <laughs> You try to pay for it. We're in the wee circles. It was just a carry on. Uh, but he's uh, did you know both and he went no again. And I was like, I was like, no ball. But but all of them, all the old you go and get a drink with them and all that, and they're all they're all class. Like they're all everybody's sound on it. But Steve off the best by a mile. I just the way he controlled the game, I mean there was individuals, you can see hangings, but he literally controlled the entire Would game. Would they sit and tell you like football stories and that as well when you're having a few beers? I a few but a lot of them you see you couldn't repeat. I mean there was some there was some daft thing, but it was it was nice. Like Hosey was telling us like Zlatan's the best he's ever played with. So he's the best player, like like technically and everything's the best in the world. He's in sitting right. listening to that. Yeah. Uh, you got another one coming up this summer. Fancy your chances? Okay, again, cause I know I swapped up a hangy this as well. Last year I went right, because we knew we usually do it every two years, but we're doing three on the bounce. And I went, I'm going to get myself right fit for this. And it's two weeks before it, and I've not done anything. Um, so I'm panicking, but then again, no matter how fit you're going to get, what are you going to do against Ronaldinho? You know what I mean? It's like, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Because um, I love the week, like the whole, the whole build up to it and the training and all that. And, just being around these guys, and even like, because like the non-players, I mean, it's you saying Bolt, man, the guy's like, he's an icon, you know what I mean? He's like Muhammad Ali. Mm. So, having him about and all that kind of stuff, I, you feel, I mean, you feel like you're in the presence of greatness a bit, you know what I mean? So, tr- as you quit, obviously, as you quit, he's quit, yeah, but... Yeah, there's, there's, cause a big man, like, he's, he's such a big, he's a legend and he's a lovely big guy, but... His touch is horrendous, man. But I mean, <laughs> if you're going to have a horrendous touch, you may as well be Usain Bolt. You know what I mean? He's bouncing half of him. He's he, getting was, it. he was trying to be a professional, wasn't he? Aye, he was saying that to you. He was, he was convinced. He was going. Like, and then, but who are you to tell Usain Bolt that he can't? But I mean, he's just such an athlete. You know what I mean? Like, he can't. He took a bad touch of me once, and I got in front of him, and I swear to God, he just put his leg round me to get to it, and it was as if he just swiped so me out the way, you know what I mean? He was just, he, he sizes his thighs, man. Uh-huh. Uh, and you think you'll get another chance to play at uh, Celtic Park? Well, see, I mean, I've, I, I've got a really good uh, relationship with the, with the Celtic Foundation, you know, the, the charity arm of the club. Um, I try and help them as much as I can, and, you know, if, if, if these things are coming up, they'll give me a phone, see if there's any actors and stuff fancy it. So I hope so, but, but man, I've lived the dream three or four times. I'd love, I'd love a goal. Um, that would be the ultimate. You ever came close now? I am. <laughs> Simon Donnelly put me through a peach, right? But I remember that um, I was already, I had too much time and I, I thought about my celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to run into a stand and just sit there, and then by the time I had it, I panicked it and pulled it wide, man. That'll come, mate, I'm sure it will. Right, also a big Scotland fan as well. Right. Happy with Steve Clark's appointment? Chuffed. Absolutely delighted with it. I honestly. <laughs> I think it's the first time that I've been really because there's something I mean when we got get Hingy I thought that was a really good appointment but this is I think this is the perfect man at the right time I think his style look we've got we've actually got a good squad uh, right? we've, we've got a good squad but I think we need to get back to being hard to beat for, for the off and that's his Kilmarnock teams I mean then they can play about his Kilmarnock team they, they, they've always got a threat going forward but they're that organised and I think that's what we need to be first and foremost and I mean my word I remember I mean, I was 14 in 98, and I remember thinking the next one I'm going to be, I'm going to be 18, and that's going to be my first big trip away with boys and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go to the World Cup because we'd just been to the Euros in '96, so it was kind of like a, a hang, and we've not been since. So, and with, so say as we're doing this next year, it'd be heartbreaking if we're not part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, have you been, uh, have you been away with the Tartan Army? 
Aye, aye, I, I was in Dublin. That was class, man. Oh, the Ireland game. Aye, uh, the Ireland uh, game. Uh, that was brilliant, man. I see. I can't remember much about the game, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a cracking game. Because uh, we've seen your celebrations in LA when Lee Griffiths scored the two free kicks. I went, I went mental. Oh, uh, mate, well, it was just as well because I think see fair play to him because it was it was us there and that's a it's, a it's an English pub that so and um and it was all the English boys were sitting there and it was one of them that filmed it fair play to him but they were getting us a bit of stick during the game. Like you ever going to turn up? You're at home because we we only we played all right, but we weren't a threat. And then just them um, two at the end because the first one we went in it, we were going mental. And then the second one, you just had a feeling. And fair play because we weren't we because we were getting dogs of you. Yeah. I mean, because people forget we drew the game. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we did it, wasn't it? I know. And then uh, and then you're thinking the one guy in that part just Mark Harry Kane. Mm. Um, but that, for that five minutes, man, that was some of the best five minutes of my life is that probably one of your best moments being a Scotland fan oh aye absolutely like that second one like especially being in a club with England a pub with England supporters as well who were getting us at, they were getting us at tight the whole game so that's how I think we were maybe over exuberant so what did they do when Kane scored were they the same oh aye a bit but then uh, <laughs> I was I, I half knew it was coming as uh, well yeah. in Scotland didn't it I know exactly and then to be honest we, we end up having a right good uh, a right good few jars after it they were all signed I love how every story ends up with a few, few jars <laughs> after it gonna make, well we're going uh, for a few jars now oh definitely <laughs> let's go uh, final question if you can make a movie about one specific historical football moment what would it be oh, it's got to be 67 isn't it um, there's a bit of float about, I mean because again what, what they achieved and obviously what's happening now and we're losing them now you know what's heartbreaking but I mean, the men are their icons. They're basically what I was doing a bit of filming for um, uh, for for a VT for the cup final last week, and I'm standing outside the stadium on the Celtic Way, and you're looking at Billy statue and Jinky statue and, and Big Jocks, and you, you are in the presence of history. And because I remember one time when I had the audition for Damned United, the director had said to me, he says, because um, what you've got to realise, Martin, is you're playing um, you're playing the the most successful team of that era I'm like no 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 no. Celtic were the most successful team of that era mate we won the European Cup and we put you out <laughs> what you know, did he say I was that? like oh, all right, really, really, really. sorry <laughs> tell <laughs> so, then after I went fuck I'm not getting that <laughs> <laughs> what about writing and directing will you, do you think you'll get into that after there's a bit uh, I do write a bit but it's um, it's such a discipline writing like you've got to sit down and it takes days and days and directing you're, you're there first thing so people have said to me quite a lot because I'm quite vigil in my, like when I come out like, I know basically where I want to be in a scene and like, where I think I'd want people to be, but that's not for me to kind of say. So a lot of producers and stuff have said to me, like, to, to think about it, but okay, I, I love my job too much and it's going too well at the minute. Maybe in the future, um, but as I say, it's, you've got a pre-production, film the thing and then edit. I mean, it'd take a year out of your life to do it, so it would need to be something really special. Uh, last question, are you going to stay in Vegas forever or are you going to move back here? Well, I mean, I'm very lucky with the missus um, that... That she loves it here, um, so we're going to be. I mean, the thing is as well when I say I, d- I do live in Vegas, that's where the wife and the dog is. But I mean, I've, I've maybe spent five months there in the last two years, um, and I'm lucky with all my work here, and I'll be here filming. I'll be in Scotland filming until the end of the year, and so she says. I've always said to her, I want to raise her kids here, and she says that. But the thing is, she's got this warped image of Scotland because she was here the first months here was during the Commonwealth Games place was buzzing her wedding Christmas and all that and like darling try in, in October and going up yeah. with rain, you know what I mean <laughs> well, wait, mate. been a pleasure on, thanks pleasure. very much cheers, cheers. Come home.
home to ultra-fast broadband and Sky's best-ever Wi-Fi for our lowest-ever price from just €30 Euro a month. So you can now play games, stream music and download movies at ultra-fast speeds for less than ever before. To switch from just €30 Euro a month for 12 months, search Sky 30. Availability subject to location, set up these terms and conditions apply. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Hey, do you know what will go great with this podcast right now? A scrumptious Cadbury snack. Crumbly biscuits smothered in smooth, delicious Cadbury milk chocolate. Oh, yeah. Cadbury snack, the perfect biscuity bite for that mid-morning break. Pick one up in a store today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.